0: Yeah, on this 21st of December So this morning when I wrote down 12 Slash 21 slash 21 I tried to figure out if it's one of those things That you can read forward and backward But apparently I missed that That would have been like 12 I don't know, anyway we had Somebody had several out there this that's smarter than me I know, we had, we had several this, several month this month. Small, But I don't tomorrow, think today is one tomorrow. of them Tomorrow, wait till tomorrow yeah. Maybe if there had been an 11 in the middle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll work. Tomorrow will work. All right. I'll, <laughs> I'll talk about that tomorrow. I'm a day ahead of myself. There you go. December 21, um, least amount of light of any day of the year if you live in the northern hemisphere. So that seems like a, a, an ever-narrowing way to describe the day. We used to describe it as the shortest day of the year, but that really wasn't true. The day was not actually any longer, just the hours of light we experience in the day. The day is still 24 hours, right? <clears throat> it's 20, still 24 hours. In the day, there's just there's just that we have less light shining from the sun specifically. Do you see how my disclaimers on December the 21st being the shortest day of the year are it's an ever growing list? Yes, it's the least amount of light from the sun if you live in the northern hemisphere. So our southern hemisphere friends do not feel the same way about December the 21st as those of us in the northern hemisphere. And Christians don't feel the same way about December 21st as everybody else. Because guess what? Yeah, we're not just relying on the light from the sun. Um, I recognize that today, depending on where you live, the sun may literally not rise at all. Seems like a good day to talk about the bright and morning star, the radiance of Christ, how God was even able to condescend to a human body. Like, just pause today and give that some thought, literally. How did Jesus contain himself? When you're thinking about, you know, some rambunctious kid over the holidays and you're like, just contain yourself, I want you to just think for a moment, like, How did Jesus literally contain himself? Fully God. Fully God, condescended into human flesh. He is the very light of the world. We get to see glimpses of his glory in events like the Transfiguration, but think about it. I mean, how did the person of Jesus contain the reality of the coexisting second member of the Trinity? Fully God, even as he was fully human. It's totally amazing. So the Apostle Paul says of those who believe that Jesus is the co-eternal son of God, that'd be me, like I'm in that group, um, the very light of the world. Paul says that we see that truth. We see the truth that Jesus is the light of the world because the eyes of our hearts have been enlightened. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, A God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ which made me pause this morning as I read it because you and I might be tempted to say, oh, well, Paul's referring there to um, the first chapter of John, where John says that Jesus is the light, you know, and shines in the darkness and the darkness will never overcome it. But here's the little catch on that this morning. Um, <clears throat> John's gospel is something that we have, but Paul wrote his letters, including First Corinthians, before John wrote his gospel. So Paul is pointing to passages in what we would call the Old Testament. I think Paul is pointing to passages like Genesis 1, 3, and Isaiah 9, 2, and Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2. John opens his gospel with these words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. This is a You're looking at creation there. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So Jesus is fully present as the second member of the co-eternal trinity at creation. That's who John's talking about here. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, John is repeating there the opening of Genesis in the beginning, and he is giving um, at least a head nod to Genesis 1, verse 3, where talks about, you know, God saying, let there be light. Here is another thing I find super curious this morning. I've been up for a while and I have some curiosities. When God says, let there be light at the very, very beginning, it's not until day four that he creates the sun and the moon and the stars. I mean, have you ever thought about that? Have you ever just sat and pondered for a moment on the fact that The very first thing that God calls into being is light. Let there be light. But he doesn't actually call the sun and the moon and the stars, which, yes, I know the moon doesn't actually generate light, but it's in the list. He doesn't actually call them forth until day four. So exactly what is illuminating creation from let there be light to the creation of the big ball in the sky we call the sun? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And our sun is not the only, you know, big burning ball of fumes out there that is generating light. But prior to all of those generating light, there was light. And what light is that? Well, it's the same light that shines in the person of Jesus. It's the same light that's going to illuminate everything. If you read Revelation 21, it's the same light referred to in Isaiah chapter 60. It is the light of the world, and his name is Jesus, and the darkness shall not overcome it, even on this, what we consider the shortest day of the year. All right, where in the word are you today? Where in the word are you going to be in the year to come? I'm inviting you to read the Bible through with me at Faith Radio. We have a Bible reading plan. It's posted at MyFaithRadio.com. We invite you into it. Next up, I am going to ask Nick Pitts what he has planned for his first Christmas as the newly married Mr. Pitts. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Think that nick pitts needs a more seasonal walk-up song <clears throat> good morning nick the sun is not Wild. up where we are and the sun is not up when we go to bed where we live it's just that is that's we gotta adjust the song in the winter
2: you know what it's been said that it's five o'clock somewhere and i believe and i'm operating <laughs> underneath the assumption that the sun is up somewhere because i'm up and i'm ready to go
0: amen amen and on these days i just say the sun s-o-n is up i'm a resurrection Jesus person and we'll just let it go with that. All yeah. right, this will be your first Christmas as the married Mr. Pitts. So, I want to know like, you know, are there is there some negotiating going on for family expectations? Are you starting a new tradition? Has your wife brought something uh, in that, you know, is new to you? Bring us up to speed, man.
2: Well, you know, everyone's been talking about build back better and those negotiations, well, those pale in comparison to the (laughs) tensions, uh, negotiations that are happening in the newly formed Pitts household. No, I'm just kidding. We, uh, we shared, uh, Thanksgiving with her family. And so we'll spend some time. We'll fly out of Dallas here, uh, later uh, this week, and then we'll fly over to Birmingham because I have a monumentous task ahead of me. My wife's birthday is on December 23rd and Jesus's birthday is on the 25th. So those are Two monumental days in the calendar that I've got to keep distinct, one and uh, celebrate appropriately too. So I have um, some counsel. Gonna, okay. Okay. I please. have
0: some I have some counsel on this. So Evelyn, who is my granddaughter, her eighth birthday is on December the twenty sixth.
2: Oh wow! And okay.
0: I know, and so um, she was here yesterday. She saw the packages under the tree. She knows, you know, what her wrapping paper looks like because everybody has a distinctive wrapping paper, so she knows which one is hers. And she looked, and she you knows she counted, right? Because that's what kids do. I'm sure adults don't do that. And um, and she said, and she said, "Are all of those for Christmas?" And then she got a little sad voice. Or are some of those for my birthday? And I said, Evelyn. <laughs> Those are for Christmas. They are wrapped in Christmas paper. Your birthday gifts will be wrapped in birthday paper, and they won't be under Jesus' tree. Oh, Because okay. we're going to celebrate his birthday over here doing this, and we're going to celebrate your birthday, and it's just going to be all about you. So she oh, lit up a little joyful. I know. So the wrapping paper, distinct gifts and distinct wrapping paper is the key to success in celebrating the birthdays of the people who have birthdays this time of year. There you go. That's my uh, counsel.
2: I deal. I, uh, now, you know, it's wrapping paper is good, but I, I need you to know I have a long-standing conflict with it because it doesn't like to fold according to, uh, <laughs> uh, at least how I have things in my mind. And so, um, you know, I'll have to keep that in mind when I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm a really good,
0: I'm a really, it's too late this year, but I'm a really good gift wrapper. So okay. if you need me to, you know, you could do the shopping, and then I could do the wrapping, and then you'd be all set. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a tag yeah. team duo. Here.
0: Okay. Um, let's see. We're going to – I know we're going to push the break here for just a moment because I want you to write a headline for 2022 that you hope we're talking about a year from now. Okay, deal. Yeah. So you Bye. got one for us? I know. I'm oh, going to push yeah, the break. I'm, I'm-
2: Okay, you want to push the break? I, I I'm mm-hmm. ready. I'm ready. All right. It won't let's be, hear it. It won't be about. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Um, I'm going. I'm going to say that uh, there's a rise in religious participation after pandemic ends.
0: <gasps> hallelujah! All right, yeah, we're going to talk just, about yeah, Nick, this twenty twenty two headline. When we come back, we're going to talk about Nick Pitts' prescient twenty twenty two headline: Religious participation grows after pandemic ends. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, continuing our conversation with J. Nick Pitts, he is a fellow at the Institute for Global Engagement, and his headline that we will be reflecting on a year from now is, drumroll, religious participation grows as pandemic ends. So I read uh, a couple of good news points in there, Nick. The pandemic is ending and religious participation is rising.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so just know that this this was not devised uh, just uh, off the whim or because of overt optimism. I really do believe uh, there's a couple of data points that really uh, do lend to the idea that I think we're going to start to see, uh, especially here in the U.S. Now, granted, uh, religion, uh, religious participation and conversion into Christianity is growing all around the world. Unfortunately it's not growing in two spots which is Western Europe and here in the US but I do think we'll start to see a rise in religious participation after the pandemic and I point to two things one there's been a there was a Pew study that was released a little while ago um, and there was it found that 25 percent of Americans uh, said that uh, they were uh, more active in their religious participation um, because of the pandemic. so I, I think you're starting to see when people are facing this type of crisis, this type of monumental risk that the pandemic was, especially before the release of the vaccine, it helps you to better reprioritize your life. And so I thought we saw an increase in the strengthening of individuals' faith and their religion one and i think that's only going to cause individuals i think that a potential ramification of that is for people to share that when the stigma moves away now granted there's not much of a stigma here in texas but in certain places when the stigma of the the virus and uh, virus safety measures and protocols uh, begins to wane i think we'll see a rise in religious participation The second piece is, was actually just released uh, about a month ago where um, the Association of Theological Schools uh, continued to document a significant uptick in enrollment in their member schools. ATS is what it's short for, uh, Association of um, uh, Theological Schools. And so what we're seeing is many individuals are starting to go back into um, starting to go back and wanting to they know what happened which is the pandemic because they're attributing this directly to the virus they know what happened which is the pandemic and they want to know why now and when people can grasp the why as simon sinek uh, often uh, documents in his book i think you start to see this you start to see very much momentum begin to build and i think once you see this pandemic begin to wane and some of the um um the virus protocols, the safety measures that we're taking begin to phase out. I think what you're going to see is there's going to be a a reprioritization of what I used to do in 2019 just isn't cutting it anymore because life is way too precious and the next day is not guaranteed. And so I think you're going to start to see individuals taste and see and know that the Lord is good here in the US in upticking numbers.
0: I do think, um, Nick, that you're right, that people of faith um, have become more convictional um, during the pandemic. Uh, They've been concentrating more intently on preparing themselves to engage in the conversations of the day, and that has meant that they have been deepening their own theological study. I absolutely see that taking place. And so I wonder, I guess, you know, I'll just set this out there as a bit of a a muse, a wondering. Um, I wonder if there aren't some people enrolling in theological schools, in Bible colleges, um, because they recognize that, you know, over the course of time, uh, they didn't get from their local churches the kind of meat that they need in order to equip them fully for the conversations taking place today, you know, in the real world, in their workplaces, in their families. They wonder why. The next generation has walked away. They want to be prepared to talk with their neighbors and their coworkers. They they don't just want to better understand for themselves. They want to be genuinely equipped for those divine appointments, the good work God has set before each one of us. Um, and so, I'm kind of hopeful that um, this rise in uh, enrollment in Bible colleges and in um, schools associated with uh, the Association for Theological Schools. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that that means that we have a generation of Christians who recognize the importance of theological education, like really ha- rightly handling the word of God, understanding um, what we believe and why we believe it in order that we're going to be prepared to disciple the, the millions whom God is wooing to himself in, you know, in what I think is going to be the next handful of years. I, I would add to your headline um, that revival is upon us. I think at the end of 22, we're going to be able to say we actually see signs. It's not just religious participation that's growing and, and the pandemic that has ended, but revival is fully upon us.
2: Yeah, I am. Um, I, you know, I, I, I want to believe that so bad. You know, uh, there's a uh, Jim Dennison often says that uh, the key to triggering revival is a desperation, right? The desperation of mm-hmm. itself in prayer. And I want to believe that's the case. I know that we're living in a world today, especially if you're tuned into social media, it's so easy to nutpick and point out um, just these outliers of how our culture is crumbling, how uh, people are moving away from God and how um, we just how far we've fallen. And I think there are examples of that. But for every example that there is of that, I think there are a multitude of examples of individuals of faith and individuals that demonstrate great virtue that are are giving back and participating in societies in a way that benefits their neighbors. And I want to believe it's true that not just that we're going to have more and more Christians that can rightly handle the word of God and give a response uh, in season and out for the hope that's within them. I also want to believe that this virus has struck us in such a way that it's helped us to be able to realize that a lot of people, are dealing with a lot of things on the internally that we might not see. And so it might be the best way for us just to show kindness and service to individuals because we've all been through the ringer and maybe we don't need advice. Maybe we just need a hug or maybe Mm -hmm. we uh, don't need just to um, um, preach, which I think we did. Obviously I think we do, but maybe we just need to show and tell and go and tell it on the mountain shout out. Paul. Amen.
0: Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. I have um, one bit of counsel from Mary to you. Okay. Uh, Mary says today is my husband Craig's birthday. So happy birthday, Craig. I'm from all of us here at Faith Radio. Um, she recommends that um, that you consider doing what they're doing, which is going and looking at Christmas lights. And then I think with a little bit of a cheeky smile, she says darkness can be good.
2: Oh, well, I know. Thank you I so. know.
0: There you go,
2: Mary. John Gottman has this thing, a concept called rituals of connection that you need to make. And so these are the traditions that you hold that root you in the past, but also give you a joint future that you can look at together. And Mary must have been, uh, I've I've listened to Mary before I even knew Mary said it because we've already looked at lights and I made sure that we had hot chocolate while we were looking at
0: the lights as well. Oh, so fun. So fun. Was there a candy cane or a peppermint stick involved because... Um, we noted yesterday that there is some sort of candy cane crisis.
2: Uh, unfortunately, no candy cane, but mm-hmm. praise be to God, there were peppermint patties. Galore.
0: <gasps> See, that's uh, nice. See, that's a nice little compliment to the hot chocolate is a peppermint patty.
2: Peppermint patties are a reminder of God's goodness and grace in this broken world. Oh, they I so like good. it.
0: I like it. That's so good. All right. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to Mrs. Pitts. Um, Have a wonderful time. Stay safe. We look forward to talking with you in the new year.
2: Carmen, Merry Christmas. Can't wait to talk soon.
0: Likewise. That is Nick Pitts. You can find him on Twitter at JNickPitts. You can also find him at the Institute for Global Engagement. We'll be right back. Okay, because I read Isaiah 60 this morning as a part of my devotional, I actually am now prepared to add something to what Greg Laurie just taught on in terms of the gifts that the wise men um, brought to Jesus. So um, you should read Isaiah 60 today. Um, It starts with this, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. And then if you fast forward to verse Well, verses 5 and 6, it says, um, then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exalt because the abundance of the sea shall be turned toward you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. And here's the kicker line. Remember, this is Isaiah chapter 60. This is 700 years prior to the birth of Christ. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. Isaiah 60, um, I was highlighting this morning because of the, um, the promise of the Lord being the everlasting light, that God's brightness would shine forth and his glory illuminate everything, that the sun would be no more. Um, there'd be no need for it. That the moon itself would withdraw because today is December the 21st and we're not going to have a whole lot of hours of light today. But it occurs to me that the frankincense, the golden frankincense, uh, is in here as well. So there you go. A little uh, <clears throat> a little tasty tidbit here right in the middle of our Tasty Tuesday. All right, next up, we're going to talk with Luke Moon. Uh, Israel has issued a travel ban from 10 countries, including the United States. So for all of those people planning to go to Israel To be in Bethlehem uh, for Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, yeah, that's not happening. We're going to talk next with Luke Moon about what's going on around the world. We'll be right back.
1: Christmas is the season to give and forgive. And it all started when God, the greatest giver, gave his only begotten son. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. When Jesus came to earth as a baby, he ushered in a new age of hope and reconciliation. And though we didn't deserve it, Christ's sacrifice on the cross made it possible to restore our relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. So if peace on earth and goodwill to men are far from your home this Christmas, Let your team know that you'll always pursue a relationship with them. There's no better time to follow Christ's example and offer a son or daughter God-like, undeserved reconciliation. Make sure your child knows God's thumbprint is on his life.
2: Learn how to get your team back on track. Get instant access to Mark's free parenting course online at freeparentingcourse.com.
1: The wise men will bow down before the throne. And at his feet, they'll cast the golden crowns when the man comes around.
0: Luke Moon joins us again today. Um, you can find him at the Philos Project and at Providence Magazine. Of all the people that I talk with on a regular basis, Luke is the person about whom I am least concerned he will ever allow his passport to lapse. Good morning. <laughs> Good,
1: morning. Good morning. Good morning. It is not going to lapse.
0: Nope. I know mine. Mine you. has lapsed. The, I'm aware of nope. this today because mine has lapsed. I know. I know. That's that's terrible. That's terrible. I know. I know. I, I'll get it. I'll get it together. I'll get it together. All yeah, right. I so let's um.
1: Pages. Carmen. Sorry. I, I I got extra pages in mine. That's 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 <laughs> how thorough it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, dude. I know, I I know. You're the, the, the yeah, the life you live, uh some would be jealous of others of us um are very very happy that God has called you to this and not us. There you go. Um so talk with us about what in the world is going on in the world. Let's um let's turn our attention to China. What is going on um maybe related to Hong Kong that we may, need to be aware of today.
1: So Hong Kong had had elections for, you know, the the well air quotes elections for the, you know, patriarchs only, uh, members. Basically they had to be, they were vetted and approved. You got the stamp of approval from Beijing. And, uh, it turns out everybody in Hong Kong is like, yeah, this is a total con and they didn't show up. They didn't show up to vote. They, it was like 30% turnout, um, which is a record low, it basically just shows you just how how kind of pathetic and embarrassing that whole uh, Beijing takeover of Hong Kong was and is, and and everybody sees through it, and they're not they're not messing around. So that that's the it's kind of the story there.
0: And it'll be a headline I think to watch um, going forward. You know the treatment of people. We're you and I are going to talk here in a moment about um, a human rights review in 2021, but I think that. For people who um, believe in not only democracy but genuine freedoms, uh, including the freedom of religion, Hong Kong is going to be a a, a developing story um throughout the coming uh, year and years let's um let's also in terms of China, talk about um this this tennis player this has been um, This has been a story that has uh, you know that has developed over time, so you know folks may be aware of a sexual assault charge that this um you know ranking tennis player made um, but there's been a development in that story. What's happening?
1: Yeah so so uh this tennis player Peng Shui she she accused the vice premier of sexual assault and that was back in November and promptly then disappeared. She accused him on like basically the Chinese equivalent of Twitter. Um and and then disappeared. And then turned up in a completely staged video and and a phone call where she's like, "No, I'm totally fine, and everybody's happy. you know it's this, this is great, and nobody believed it uh and then this past sunday um she she was uh you know in a Singapore newspaper saying the assault never happened, she made it up, she was under stress, um that kind of thing. It's it's clear to everybody. It's like, again one of those examples where they kind of everybody kind of knows what's going on. She's uh, underdressed. Um, the the World uh, Tennis Association is basically the only seemingly sports organization uh, in the world that has the 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 kunas to stand up against China and has basically basically banned it. all all the matches in china now don't count uh and the world this i mean this tennis player was like number one in the world right so it's not like she's you know some small tennis player mm-hmm. she's, she's, uh and you know it's there you know the, the the chinese government is trying to do with her what they've what they do with anybody who kind of like doesn't toe the line and and uh she's been disappeared um mm. and so it it's it's an ongoing story it's one that's again very interesting to follow uh you know it's this kind of thing that you know i think one of the one of the challenges and this took place in the Soviet Union is like you know you get people like uh Solzhenitsyn, who is you know he ha- was famous right uh but there are but in you know for all the 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 famous people who are who get disappeared and the world cares about them. There, you got to imagine that there are are, you know, tens of thousands uh, of of people who get disappeared, um, without anybody knowing about it except for maybe their family. And we we got to remember that when whenever there's one famous person who gets treated like this, you have to imagine the 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 many many more who who are not people of power or people of uh, who are known. Who are who are in the same in similar situations, uh, perhaps even for lesser charges, uh, mm-hmm. and and injustice does not go unnoticed by God, and it shouldn't go unnoticed by us.
0: So when you when you say that there are you know there are these unknown names, there's always the known name. So I'm thinking now like there's the known name of Rosa Parks, um, right. you know here right. in the United States of America, but a lot of people don't know the name Claudette Colvin you know who was right. a 15-year-old who 9 months prior to Rosa Parks did exactly the same thing on a bus in Montgomery, Alabama and refused to give up her seat to a white passenger. But we don't know right. the name of Claudette uh, Colvin. We know the name of Rosa Parks. It's just it's just interesting. Um these unsung heroes of of civil rights of freedom around the world and right here in the United States of America. So it's really um helpful for us to consider and talk about. Luke, um why don't we take a very brief pause and then um let's um let's review human rights uh challenges concerns developments in 2021 uh, we have been in pretty intensely focused not only on what's going on in our own lives and even in our own homes uh, certainly in our own nation but whenever uh people the good people of the United States of America turn their attention inward Uh, naughtiness tends to uh, happen elsewhere. So Luke Moon is going to help us understand what's going on around the world from a human rights perspective. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen.
2: I'm dreaming of a white Christmas.
0: All right, one who is probably not dreaming of a white Christmas because he intends to spend it in the Dominican Republic is my guest, Luke Moon. Hey, man. Yep. Yep, we have I'm a excited. listener who says the um, the Christianese phrase Luke was searching for was the courage of their convictions. Yes, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just. There you go. There you go. I mean, you know, listeners are here to help, man. Everybody's here to help. We're all here to help. Okay, let's talk about the 2021 um, human rights concerns. Let's do a little uh, year in review.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I, I, you know, there. Ken Roth from Human Rights Watch put out this list yesterday in which he put Israel at the top of the list. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so absurd. But on his list, I think what, what should have been number one is is the Chinese Uyghur situation, right? The mm. the concentration camps, the that, that's, that that has been and will be and should be like on the top of everybody's list, especially going into the Olympics. Um I would say related to the Olympics is what is about to happen in Ukraine and Russia with russia uh you know i i'm I'm gonna predict it here, uh Carmen, on your show that that Russia will in, invade China uh, sorry, Russia will invade Ukraine on the opening games of the Olympics mm. in February uh because not only is that happening but all Super Bowls on the same time and uh they did it back uh last time when 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 China had the games uh and they invaded um uh the country of Georgia. Uh so there's precedence there and I think they like the world's distracted. Uh it doesn't seem like Biden is is interested in in you know holding back uh Russia. Basically, told the Ukrainian president to just give give them the part of the country they want, basically, which is appeasement. So that's that's uh, that's going to be, create a whole cascade of terrible things. Um, I would say the the uh, the continued uh, persecution of of Christians in Nigeria, particularly in the northern provinces. Um, you know there continue to be churches being burned down pastors being kidnapped uh, churches being burned down with the members in them uh mm-hmm. you know and that doesn't get enough tension in in our world and it needs a lot a lot more um you know i think it, the i think we've talked a good bit here about the in ethiopia the the Tig- um i never say mm-hmm. that right Tigre
0: reg- the Tigre region
1: the gray region yeah the region that continues to be, and will continue to be a, a hot spot for a while. Um, you know, it's it's that kind of northern and eastern Africa. There seems to be like Sudan had a coup. Uh, you know, the uh, Addis Ababa, which is the capital of, of Ethiopia, could could fall to the Tigris. Um, you know, it's, there's some there's some clear challenges. Uh, there's always challenges in Africa, but this is this will. It doesn't seem like. Uh, it seems like the U.S. Is, is distracted, and everybody knows it. And when we are mm-hmm. not, we're promoting absurdities, and you know, um, I don't know. We're we're having gay pride festivals. We're,
0: we're, yeah, we're having in, we're having internal conversations that mean that we are not sort of the watchman on the wall, keeping um, you know, keeping attentive track of what's happening elsewhere and calling it out in ways that are appropriate. I, I see an increasing um corporate um globally corporations just bowing down to human rights violators including china probably topping the list because yep. in, in, in part in part because you know those corporations are now bigger than nation states like they don't need it's very interesting to say that like they don't necessarily need the american market nearly as much as they need the chinese and the indian markets well in china and india you know they're not sharing a Christian worldview by any stretch of the imagination. So you know I think Hindu nationalism is something that Christians um, ought to be paying attention to. We ought to certainly be paying attention to the fact that you know Facebook now Meta, um, that's where they're expanding their footprint is in India, not here in the United States of America. I mean that that's where you know. And so I just think that and when we look at corporations and you know as you point to um, like sports leagues. You know, when we see what they're doing globally and that they're bowing the knee to countries like China, we ought to be paying attention to that. But I think that increasingly we are not because we are somewhat obsessed with what's going on here in our own country.
1: Yeah. No, and and the and the thing is, like these markets, you gotta think, like the U.S. is a population of what 350 million people, or something like that, and and China and India each have a billion people, so three times bigger, three times bigger markets, and plus, uh, in particularly with China, it's it's a very, I mean, co- communism is materialistic. I mean, as mm-hmm. a, like backdrop, right? And and if 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 you're looking for a materialistic market, there's no better market than China. Right, because it's a it's three times the size of the U.S. in terms of number of consumers, or potential consumers. So so and and you know if, if these companies they have, you know ridiculous uh, amounts of cash on hand. Uh, you know Apple is stashing cash like, they just have large amounts of cash they can buy stuff. They can, they they are we're not a threat to them. Uh, they they they're looking at China and and will do what it takes to 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 you know placate the china market and and mm-hmm. india i mean india at least has like there's there's families and stuff like that so that that like that dynamic is a little it's not quite as materialistic i mean but i mean that's you, you got to think about what what these businesses want they want consumers and consumers yeah. are people without families who just spend their days consuming stuff <laughs> right because if you have a family you're investing in things other than you know your next uh you know video game or whatever right yeah, so yeah i just well,
0: I, I think, think we're know. yeah i guess I, one of the things that i'm just aware of luke is that we um we imagine here in the united states that you know um when somebody you know they're called on the carpet before congress and they're you know asked really hard questions and then they're fined material, big financial material fines. We imagine here in the United States of America that that is going to change corporate behavior. But big tech, these big tech companies, they do not bat an eye at multi-billion dollar fines. They pay them because they have the cash on the sidelines to do it. And so um, I just, you know, I, I think people have to pay attention.
1: And they give pay- big checks to the politicians too, so and who would need to run their campaigns and you know corporate corporate money goes a long ways, yeah right
0: yeah wow okay um on the on the human rights front, um is there anything happening around the world that you say to yourself, people are this is like totally under the radar, like people are not paying attention to this in this place,
1: oh man. I mean, I was going to say, I mean, I'm not going to answer your question, unfortunately. I think my my concern is actually um, all of these, all these COVID lockdowns Mm -hmm. around the world in places like um, Australia and New Zealand, like places where, where, where kind of like freedom and rule of law have been, have been pretty secure. Like, like you think, well, it would never happen there. And, and you have like, you know quarantine camps where people are like shoveled you know shoveled off to like basically to prison for like while they wait out you know where they have COVID or not like it's it's a little extreme in it and it's like it's that slow reduction of freedom in order like listen we're we're just here to make things safe like trust us you know we'll get back to normal right and i i just um you know, once people taste power, it's really hard to give up. And and I just it's I think, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, f- you know, for for safety, I mean, this is a classic dilemma, like for safety, people are often willing to give up um, uh, freedom. Yes. And one of those examples where where uh, it has it people are 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 properly giving up freedom. And there's protests, you know, in uh, I mean, I, I I see them on Twitter, protests in Paris and Amsterdam and, and, you know, London. And I mean, there's some here in New York and, you know, and, and Australia, like, but they seem to not be like making an impact on the ground. Right. And and that that really concerns me for for the long term, because it just it I I you know, that that rolling back of freedom will have implications elsewhere. I mean, right now, I mean, there's you can't go to church in Canada without proof of vaccination right now. We can have an argument over, you know, vaccinate or or like the vaccine stuff. That's not my point. My point is like, like it. it well, of all people in the world, Christians should be the ones who are saying, do not fear. You will die of something. Be, be sure you die. With Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right? Like that should be mm-hmm. our message, or not, right? Like that, you know, we we were the ones that went and helped in the in the ancient days in Rome and whatever, it, you know, when there was plagues, we were we ran towards the fire, right? And instead, I I, I don't hear. I've I I still waiting for that that message from uh, one of our our you know evangelical Christian leaders to say like. Don't live in fear of this thing. Stop living in fear of this thing. That's the the, the message that that we can provide the world who, I mean, there were, I, I've read articles and talked to people. I have a friend whose professor has not left his house in almost two years out of fear, mm. Mm. right? And, and yeah. you guys, like that is so destructive to a person, right, to not have other human contact. For two, it's like living in solitary confinement. Out of fear of
0: death, that's interesting, right. yeah,
1: and' we no, that's are not so good your death and and, and... <laughs> all right
0: we have to we we have to leave it right there, Luke um yeah, no, so good, so good um what you what you remind me of is uh the angel Gabriel, so we will conclude this hour with uh quoting the angel Gabriel, um who appears in both Luke one and Luke two for your reference here. Um, In both places, you know, the angel says, do not be afraid. Uh, And let me just remind you that uh, that good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people, that the angel Gabriel brings, he brings from the very presence of God. I love where Gabriel says, don't be afraid. I'm the one who stands in the very presence of God. Just think about that for a moment. You and I stand in the very presence of God because of the person of Jesus Christ. Not only has he been born, but the veil has been torn. We get another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.